Welcome, everybody, to our podcast uh, called The Practical Principles. I'm Dr. Rob Furman. I'm here with Kevin Monahan, my partner in crime here on this podcast. And we have a guest here, Andrea Trudeau, who's a member on the Council on the Future of Education. And uh, today we want to talk about uh, the future. And it's really interesting when I use the word future because we're sort of living the future right now. And when we say the future, I'm a child of the 80s. So my future's right now. And a lot of these parents, myself included, are dealing with uh, students and children who are living today in our future. And that's sort of is a very interesting paradigm shift for us. Uh, so what we want to talk about today a little bit is what does that mean to a parent uh, who has a child in you know elementary, middle school, high school today with, with such a futuristic uh, world around us. Uh, we talk a lot about education and needing to change because uh, we're stuck in this industrial revolution style of education. Uh, we talk about the technologies that are out there now and how we can use those to better the educational system. But no one's really talking about the parent does the parent, the role of the parent change now in the 21st century? Should it change? Um, if it does change, how should it change? What's it going to do to benefit the children? So those are some of the things we want to sort of touch on touch on now. So, uh, hey, Kevin, g- give us a, a little spiel on, you know, what you see in terms of uh, some differences that maybe parents might be experiencing now based on when we were children. Honestly, Rob, you know, growing up, I think our parents were a little bit more myopic as far as um, our experiences, Um, you know, living in a global um, economy, um, you know, and having that type of framework. It is so important as parents to try to, you know, immerse our uh, families into different world cultures, because these are the people that we're they are going to be dealing with. You know, everything now is, you know, worldwide. You know, corporations aren't just local corporations. You you know, they're international businesses. And I believe that as a parent, you know, we have to expose our children to different cultures by, you know, maybe exposing them to um, different types of books or trying new foods. Um, You know, trying to get them out of the comfort zone that we've established as a family. And I believe that we need to do more to try to get them to think globally about their world. Um, you know, we can try to have them consider what we can do as a family or an individually to make impacts in our community or even on a national uh, level as far as dealing with global issues. Oh, could not agree more. Great answer. How about you, Andrea? What do you think? So I actually want to kind of build off that answer a little bit. I think um, a big piece that I see a need for is the social emotional piece. And, you know, more and more, I feel like schools have been identifying the issue of bullying in school. And rather than focusing on bullying and, and these bullying blogs and things that report bullying, I think we need to really work on promoting kindness and creating strong cultures and climates. And, you know, I know as educators, we often think about that from the school perspective, but we have to think a little bit bigger and think about just our community as a whole. And so parents being part of that community, um, I would love to see them get more engaged with their children and taking time to do more service learning um, and promoting more kindness and being more inclusive so that kids aren't feeling left out at school. Because I just see here in the middle school where I'm at that if kids feel like they belong, 
they're going to be more engaged in school, they're going to feel connected, and ultimately they'll be more successful. And I think parents have a, a big role in that as well. Absolutely. Let's look at um, probably the biggest thing that we've seen in terms of a change uh, from the 20th to the 21st century, and that's our technology. Um, what are your thoughts on parenting in this 21st century with all of these tech gadgets around? Let's start with Andrea this time. Okay, so this is a good question because being someone that's like a self-proclaimed tech geek and married to an IT um, consultant, we fully embrace technology in our household. So I think we come from the angle of really being open to it and educating ourselves. So I have two middle school sons and I find that parents are kind of on the spectrum where many of them completely fear it and ban it or they don't even know where to start. So they just kind of let their kids go and those kids end up in places maybe where they shouldn't end up. So I think it's really a matter of being open-minded, but also educating yourself. And I have found that there are a lot of districts, including the one where I work, where you know they offer parent university classes and they bring in experts or educators in the district, um, lead these sessions to help parents understand you know, what is Instagram? What is Snapchat? How does this affect your child? How do you use this tool um, effectively? Because I think social media and the internet and everything can be absolutely amazing if we use it correctly and responsibly. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, what, what another colleague of mine and I discuss a lot when it comes to technology is sort of twofold. One, um, you sort of have to go back to the old Miyagi son from the Karate Kid where he says, you know, we're split right down the middle. Uh, everything really needs to be in moderation. So don't get me wrong when I say, you know, I want kids using the technology. Yes, I do. But everything has to be moderated. You can't be in a situation where the kid goes into his room at 3 o'clock as soon as he gets home. You don't see him again until 8 o'clock the next morning because right. he's on his tablet in his room the whole time. There has to be moderation. There has to be uh some some parenting involved with that with that being said you can't go the other way either and not let the kids be exposed to these things because then they're going to be behind mm-hmm. uh, it's very it's this this debate can really sort of flow into a similar debate when it comes to handwriting um, now i think handwriting's archaic and i think it's a waste of colossal time to teach it which people always get really upset when i say that but then but then i go to but what about hieroglyphics what about sanskrit we don't teach that anymore because it's it's, it's a language that we don't use anymore so so why would we continue to use cursive handwriting when it's not something that's necessary it's moved on it's evolved and i think that's what we're seeing right now if you look at technology because at first there was no technology then we evolved to the radio then we evolved to television. Then people got really upset and thought television was a horrible thing. and We should never put kids in front of the television and the television become the babysitter and all those negative things we heard. And now we're to technology with computers. And guess what? We're hearing the same thing again. And it's all true because parents are not moderating it. If you stick your kid on a tablet and think that, they're, that, that you, know, you can say to yourself, well, they're learning how to play with technology and you're using that as an excuse not to parent, well, then you're doing it the wrong way. But you could also use technology in a positive way and keep it moderated. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Um, I agree with both of you in, in the sense that I believe that too many times uh, parents look to the schools for the help with technology. You know, for some of us that are a little older, uh, more mature, I should say, um, we may not have as many uh, experiences um, with technology, you know, that our children have. And I think too many times we put it on the school, but it's very important that we as parents uh, 
sit down with our children and help make decisions about responsible digital practices. We need to talk with our kids, you know, about how to utilize, um, you know, uh, online news in ways that are safe. And how do you discern, you know, fake news from real news? Uh, What type of sites are are going to be able to be utilized, you know, safely where they're not going to be exposed to anything harmful. So these are things that we can do just through like, you know, a mentoring process. If you think about it, parenting is mentoring. And I think by, you know, having our children, you know, observe our practices and how we do things, I believe that that's a powerful tool in itself. Absolutely. I mean, you hit, you hit a really big key mark there, Kevin, the whole idea of, uh, the, the children watching us and the fact that they're going to do what we do. And, 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 and that's a big one, especially when it comes to, you know, like the idea of uh, texting and driving and those type of things are especially our young ones who aren't driving yet. They're watching you. And if you're doing it in the car, I guarantee you it's going to be what they do in the car. So, so yes, absolutely. The idea of modeling good practice using this technology and things like that are going to be critical uh, to how we parent today. Um, so so let's let's think about some things that would be uh, different today in terms of the idea of parenting. And I'm going to take technology off the table because I think, in my opinion at least, it's the same. Uh, just like you would have to do changes when it came to the television, it's going to be the same type of thing. Uh, of course, aside from now teaching the citizenry and things like that. Um, Andrea, here's a question for you. Um, in terms of the idea of being a 21st century parent, what do you see as a drastic difference from maybe the parents of the 80s and 90s and then maybe the beginning of the 21st century? What do we need the parents to really do differently now? So this is, I just am noticing this with my own children. Um, I think one of the biggest things we can do that will benefit our kids is embrace risk-taking and failure. And I know that sounds nuts, but I think um, growing up in a traditional system, we were all kind of judged by our grades and you wanted to be in the advanced track and you wanted to go to this good school. And I think we're realizing that success doesn't always look the same anymore. You can be incredibly successful and not go to a four-year college. Um, You can make all kinds of mistakes and kind of find your way. So I think there's a lot of learning that can happen through exploration and sort of tinkering and it kind of goes along with that whole maker movement just being able to explore and try to find your path and make some mistakes um, I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on our kids and we overschedule them and we have them you know we want them to be in all these advanced classes but I don't think that that's really going to get them where they need to go so I think if we can be a little bit more open-minded and kind of help them along this journey and realize it's not going to be the same for every child um, and it's definitely not going to be the same that it was when we were going through school. I think that would benefit kids immensely. Great answer. Kevin, how about you? Honestly, mine's going to be pretty simple here. I think that um, as parents and today, I think we need to be a little bit more vigilant in, in um and knowing what our child, uh, children are doing um, on the internet, um, they are exposed to so much more than we ever were. And uh, it's a scary thought. And, and if it's not done in a responsible manner, I mean, you have, you know, how many times have you thought, wow, I can't believe that this happened to this person or that um, this person is is doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. I think that, you know, the internet and, and you know, the, you know, technology is, is good. 
but you, as a parent, you really need to be vigilant. You have to be understanding and be engaged, you know, in your child's usage of that technology. Absolutely. I'm going to give you my two cents on parenting. Uh, one thing that I see that, that that's very frustrating at times, and, and I think it's gotten worse and worse and worse, is the idea of these these children's entitlement and parents letting them have that feeling of entitlement that that uh, my my child would do no wrong, yes. that whatever the child's done is correct, and and it's the other person's fault or the school's fault or those type of things. You know, as a school system, we're here for your children. We want, and we're here for you as as parents. We want to help you become better with the technology. We want to help you become stronger 21st century parents. You know, those are the type of things that we as a school are here to do. You have to take the initiative to take advantage of that. And and, and in order to do that, you have to communicate. And I know Kevin and I have done several uh, podcasts strictly on communication and how important it is. But with all of these things and all of these ideas that we throw at you when it comes to being a 21st century parent, a lot of that could start with you just picking up the phone and contacting any, anybody who, who can give you advice, but especially your school, and say, you know, what is digital citizenry? How can I learn about that? What can I do to help my child moderate and, and, and be successful in this digital age? You know, what are those things that they call digital age skills? And what can I do as a parent to help my child experience those things uh, from a home base? You know, one thing that, that, that worries me is um, the, how much time and how little time we have. Um, ben Franklin, many, many years ago, uh, I read a quote from Ben Franklin in regards to if you would study one topic for 15 minutes a day, you would be an expert on that topic in a matter of like three to five years. Um, now that's up to like hours because the information and things that are happening so quickly that, that the information is just compounding up upon itself continually. And yet a school day is still only at most eight hours long for kids. It's usually seven to seven and a half hours long. So we have all this more information that we want to try to shove into their little heads, but yet the time has not changed. So as a parent, I'm thinking, well, I need to still help my child get through more of this stuff, but not necessarily the standards and the common core stuff and things like that, but just giving them more experiences. And I could do that from home. You know, we can we can cook and, and, and use recipes to talk about math and measurement, and we can build things together in the garage and talk about, you know, cutting lines and maybe a little bit of physics and things like that. It's the experiences that you have with your child that are going to be very memorable when it comes to what they have learned. It's not always paper and pencil, and it's not always textbooks. Just having those experiences with you as, as, as the parent is going to be immense. When you decided to have a child, parents, you gave up sort of being the first person in your life. You're now second or third. The first person in your life has to be your child. And everything decision you make and everything that you do has to has to have them at the front. It reminds me of, of, of a movie. If I can remember the, the movie here for a minute, it was with uh, Adam Sandler. And he said, uh, you know, we give our kids 100% of the time. And then the other person, I think with Drew Barrymore, said, well, we give them 99% of the time. 1% we can leave for us. And it really 
is that has to be true. It really has to be true that 99% of our lives as parents has to be dedicated to creating these perfect little people that are going to be uh, our citizens of a global society here in not too much time. Uh, Andrea, why don't you give us a wrap-up statement? What are your thoughts? Well, just hearing what you said, I'm thinking it's a tough job. Like as a parent of two kids um, and being in education and seeing where it's going and being this future ready educator, I do find that it's it's sometimes really challenging because obviously kids don't come with a handbook and parenting today, it's hard to draw upon my experiences as a child and what my parents did. And I was fortunate to grow up in a wonderful family. Um, I can, I'm still instilling a lot of the same values, but it does force me to kind of get out there and engage myself with what's happening in the world around me so that I can truly, you know, teach and empower my kids to be ready for the future. So I guess my advice to parents would be is to just don't be afraid, get out there, learn something. And, and you know, you're going to have to put in the effort, but it's all going to be worth it in the end for your kids. And you are so right, boy. I remember when uh, we took our first child away from the hospital and that first day, and I was like, oh, man, what do we do now? Like, they're actually letting this life into our hands. This is crazy. But, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Kevin, why don't you give us a wrap-up? And my final thought on this is for all parents, they need to stay involved in their child's life. Too many times when they get to the middle school, parents say that they want to step back and let their child become more responsible. But the fact of the matter is that's when they need their parents even more. And I'm not saying where, you know, you're being punitive with, you know, consequences and things like that. But I think that, you know, being a parent means that you stay engaged in your child's life. You get involved in their school. Um, you know, you don't entitle, you know, you don't give them those entitlements where, you know, they can do anything that they want. I just really feel that um, more and more than ever, we need to make sure that we play a significant role in our children's lives. Excellent wrap up, Kevin. Thank you. All right. Well, this was the uh, Practical Principles with Kevin Monahan, Andrew Trudeau from the Council on the Future of Education, and myself, Rob Furman. Uh, please, if you get a chance, subscribe to our podcast. And uh, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, you can always contact us. Uh, my website's robfurman.com. You can get a hold of Kevin or I from there. Um, and again, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Practical Principles podcast.